Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Revelation Wellness Podcast. My name is Elisa Keaton. I am so excited today to get to introduce you to an author, a first-time author, but I'm pretty sure it will not be her last, Andi Kolber. She has released a book this week called Try Softer. Let's say that again. Try Softer. A fresh approach to move us out of anxiety, stress, and survival mode and into a life of connection and joy. If you know anything about us here, that's our that's our game. That's our thing. Connection. Getting you connected back to yourself, to God, and others. Living an integrated and whole life. Our conversation today, we're going to talk about why she wrote this book. We're going to talk about the window of tolerance. You're going to learn about what it means to have an integrated brain, to live an embodied life. You guys, this is our jam. Andi is someone that I have been waiting for this book to come out. I actually, you'll you'll hear how I, I tracked her down when I heard about the title of this book and her um, experience and passion and what she brings to the table, all inside of her love for Jesus. So you are going to be greatly blessed today. But before I le- turn you over to Andi and our conversation, three very important things you need to know. One, if you missed Weight Loss God's Way, when it's not about the weight, <laughs> our 30-day faith then food and fitness challenge, it did close as far as uh, the um, any donation amount. That is closed, but if you would like to purchase the product, you can go ahead and do the challenge. Uh, you'll have it. You can go at your own pace, and you'll also be invited to join the big community group as well. So we thought for those, especially in the new year, who miss it, you've heard about it, a friend is in it, a friend of a friend, and it's trickled down to you, and you've heard about uh, some of our challenges, well, it's ready for you. So you can swipe up on the show notes and join. Also, it is five weeks from today, five weeks for Platoon 24, Revelation Wellness Instructor Training. If you're even thinking about it one little bit, just download that packet, have a conversation, listen, there's a reason you can't stop thinking about it. Don't worry about the cost. Don't worry about the time. Don't worry about all the worryful things. Matthew 6, Jesus says, don't worry about these things. To trust, to seek first the kingdom, and all these other things will come. So swipe up, download a packet, five weeks left for Platoon 24. And finally, if you are thinking about starting your own faith-based fitness ministry we invite you next week i'm going to have a do a live webinar you're invited to join and we're going to talk about the why and the how to start a faith-based fitness ministry listen we'd love for you to come through training but you just want to know maybe more details of, of how and why come i'd love to share with you what we what i know uh the key takeaways for anyone who just feels called to get out there, use fitness as a tool to spread the gospel. Then come on into that webinar. So swipe up and uh, register for that so you don't miss it. It will be next Thursday, January 16th. Okay, all my announcements are done. <laughs> are you ready to try softer? Here's my friend, Andy Colbert. Hey, Andy Colbert. I started, we've talked a little bit, but I really do feel like I'm fangirling. I'm fangirling. I I know people, you know, sometimes do that with Instagram and social. This is where Instagram and social media <laughs> is just such a blessing. Um, Andy, I found, I don't even know how I found you. I, I honestly think 
someone said somewhere, try softer. And those mm-hmm. two words were like, what? And it, it banged my head around. And I, I think it might have been Emily Thomas of the Mom Struggling Well mm-hmm. podcast. Is that someone... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know what it was? I think that we were chatting with her about scheduling a podcast and she probably had a copy. I wonder yes, if that was. She did. Yep. And then I was like, all the cool kids have the book. How come I don't have the book? So then I just like reached out to, and you're also, you're being published by Tyndale Publishing, which is my publisher too. So I'm yes. like, okay, we're like basically sisters now. So I need a book. And so I, I reached out and said, uh, please get me a book. I, this is just needs to be read. And I have a feeling I'd love to have you on the podcast. So Andy, welcome to the Revelation Wellness Podcast. Um, tell my, tell our audience a little bit about yourself. Yes. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. And I am, listen, I'm fangirling a little bit over here too. Like I just, I think this is so fun and awesome. And um, I truly am just honored to be able to be with you here because it's, yeah, just so fun. It is. So, yeah, so I'm Andy Kolber, and I am a licensed therapist in Castle Rock, Colorado. I've been practicing for, gosh, probably about 12 years as a therapist and I am married, been married for, gosh, almost 13 years. I have two kiddos, mm. Mattia and Jude. And mm. Mattia is about to turn eight. And Jude just turned three. Oh. Um, yes. And so they are um, in some ways so similar and in other ways very different. Uh-huh. And they both have these elements of like spiciness, which mm-hmm. I see some of myself in that, mm-hmm. um, and also both very sensitive in different ways. So yeah, motherhood is a, a huge part of, mm. you know, just my journey. And, um, and I would say, you know, as I think about try softer and cause in addition to being a therapist who has a private practice, I do writing and speaking. And uh, as you're already talking about try softer is my first book. Um, and so there's plenty of things going on in my life right now, but, um, I would say motherhood is one of the catalysts for me personally Mm -hmm. to have, I I sometimes talk about it like it cracked me open. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. there was a sense in which I had really coped, um, with so much of my life by learning to basically just push through. Yeah. Like I, I grew up in a, in a really dysfunctional um, and, and obviously not all bad, but just some really significant um, relational and emotional trauma in my childhood. Yeah. And so the way I adapted was by just developing this armor of being like I had to be the best, of being really rigid, really anxious. And and in a sense, I really needed that. I needed that to sort of survive my childhood. Yeah, yeah. And so I really, you know, for folks who may or may not follow me or be familiar with my work, I often talk about honoring our story. And and for me, I really honor the parts of myself that kept me, I say it it helped me survive. It kept me alive in a way. It's so good. I I love that because we tend to shame the, Mm. the past. Like, well, that was then and this is now old creation, new creation. And that's true. Like we are a new creation, but I love how it says in Isaiah 61 that we will rebuild the ancient ruins. Like the, Mm -hmm. the ruins had a purpose. And even the fact, like you said, like the armor that we can put on, 
what isn't it a great way to try softer is to look at it through the lens of what a kindness of God to give us that armor mm-hmm. to to give yes. us a way through even though we we weren't reconciled to either God or ourselves or really aware but he is about life he is about mm-hmm. you're going to make this you are going to make it through this but i will yeah. i'm going to i'm coming for you and he knows when yeah. wow yeah yeah no i think that's so good it, it just like that integration of you know i think that oftentimes we do think in very polarized black and white thinking Mm -hmm. about these concepts. Mm -hmm. And what's so helpful for me as I've done this work is, you know, what is God's posture to me when I'm in pain? And, you know, understanding that um, for me, even just from a a physiological level, um, the way that trauma, which that's kind of what I'm talking about mm-hmm. in that in my childhood, is I experienced a lot of what is considered little t trauma. Can you define? So, go ahead and define in your terms little t trauma yes. and capital T. Yep. So essentially, big t trauma would be PTSD. So things that fit the criteria. Um, typically, and this is not a full diagnostic, but essentially things that um, threaten our um, basically our life. It mm-hmm. would be. Um, natural disasters. It would be sexual violence. Mm -hmm. Um, it would be observing someone's life being threatened or actually taken. Mm -hmm. Um, so any of those things Mm -hmm. could result, um, could create big T trauma. Okay. So what can get lost though, is that people, so they think of big T trauma Mm -hmm. as, you know, there's only just, they think, oh, there's just a few people or there's very few people who've experienced that. And that's not me. Mm -hmm. And then they just kind of move on. Yeah. Well, what we've come to understand as we've kind of have a better view to our, like our nervous system Mm -hmm. and how our body processes pain Mm -hmm. is that essentially little T trauma is anything that overwhelms our nervous system's ability to cope. Right. So what that means is that if we experience something and it feels so disturbing or overwhelming Mm -hmm. that we have to essentially go into either fight or flight or a form of dissociation to sort of make it through. Yeah. That is showing us that that is stuck in our body. Yeah. Like like we don't have what we need maybe to, to move through it. Yeah. And so when um, we think about that experience or when something reminds us of it, it will get triggered in the same way that someone potentially would get triggered with PTSD. Yeah. Now it doesn't mean it's going to feel as catastrophic, Yeah. but over time, what we can see is that when we have accumulated, yes. Little t- yes, it can act on our body in a similar way. Yeah. As like a single event of PTSD. And so for me, I, I identify as someone who has had complex trauma. So that means that I had so much little t trauma yeah. that it was acting on my body in the same way that as someone who potentially would have had PTSD. And could you tell us how it showed up for you? Like, how was yeah. your body messenger to you of, of this buildup? Yeah, so a lot of times what it would look like and has looked like at different times is just severe um, anxiety or overwhelm to the point. Well, let me step back really quick and just say, uh, part of what's helpful to understand with trauma is that 
our body has a window in which we can experience our emotions or sensations or just like interactions with others where we can tolerate it. And And that's, that's you call that the window of tolerance. I was going to ask you to explain the window of tolerance. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. So that's not my term, but um, there's a couple of really important researchers who come up with that Mm -hmm. term. And Mm -hmm. essentially when someone has trauma, our window of tolerance actually gets smaller. Mm -hmm. And the reason is, is because our body has learned that it needs to be on higher alert Mm -hmm. because it's, it's begun to recognize that maybe life isn't safe or certain situations aren't safe. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really trying to do its best to keep us safe. Yeah. So because my trauma was mostly relational Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of psychological, Mm -hmm. uh, what that meant is that in a relational settings, um, I experienced a lot of of essentially activation. And so that might look like um, experiencing deep, like really, like almost like the world is ending sort of dread, like Mm. in my stomach and Mm. in my body. Mm. Um, Feelings where it was like, I, I, I knew it was okay maybe to say no to certain people, but because my body had learned that if I said no, mm. um, there was a high price to pay mm. to say. And so I learned to basically numb the parts of myself that were like, ooh, I don't want to do this, or this mm. isn't okay for me, or I'm yeah. pushing too hard. I, it, mm. My body felt so scared, like yeah. literally yeah. shaking, scared. Yeah, yeah. Um, to essentially disappoint someone wow. who in some way I perceived what felt threatening, even if there's a sense in which they weren't going to end my life. Mm-hmm. But it reminded me, it mm-hmm. felt so familiar mm-hmm. to ex- had growing up in my home mm-hmm. that my body didn't know the difference between the past and the present. Wow. And so for me, a lot of it looked like you know, most folks who have trauma will either at, at various times their body will express what they're triggered by in different ways. And sometimes that's going to look like fight. So maybe it's like an irrational anger mm-hmm. response. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can be like, I have to get out of here right now. And I don't even know why, but I got to go. Mm. Um, it could be saying yes to something that you absolutely know mm. you should say no to. Mm-hmm. And it could also mean just this sense of deep, um, you know, a lot of times dissociation I equate with, it's very, it's like a form of depression Mm -hmm. and it can feel like you're tracking through mud, Mm. almost like, like there's, can sometimes be this sense that like, even you're watching yourself, Mm -hmm. like you're there Mm -hmm. maybe, but you're like, not really there. Yeah. It's disassociation. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. Oh yes, absolutely. It, It, it's essentially like there's a whole spectrum where it can get really severe Mm -hmm. where you're completely unconscious Mm -hmm. even. Mm -hmm. But for a lot of folks with little T trauma, it's more like you're just not really with it. They're like, what's going on with you? You don't have a lot of energy. You're disconnected. You don't feel anything perhaps. When you talk about little T trauma, you know what comes to mind? I just, the saying of death by a thousand paper cuts. Mm-hmm. Like that's just what little T trauma just stacks up over your lifetime. And then, I mean, how are you feeling? Like what? I'm jumping right to the root of it, but or not a root, but a, a real probable cause of the continued of the, the spectrum of just continuing this anxiety or 
uh, not you know being disassociated from ourselves is then you put us in a modern technology society where we have so many ways to unplug or or not unplug so many ways to continue mm-hmm. to be plugged and we're not associating to our environment we're not aware of our surroundings we're not curious as much anymore of our surroundings so mm-hmm. it's like how how where would someone even begin in today's mm. society, like, with, okay, let's just say, where would someone begin to try softer? How's that mm-hmm. drop the pin? Yeah, <laughs> no, I think it's, it's a great observation. And so, yeah, I just want to affirm that we live in a culture that is a white knuckle culture. Mm-hmm. Like we live in a culture that even if let's say you didn't grow up in a family like mine, like, let's say your trauma yeah. isn't a, so much about, you know, attachment and maybe it's, it's different. Right. But the thing is, is that our culture is, is shaping our experience mm-hmm. to, to value, like, like we are often valued by what we produce, what mm-hmm. we can, how we look, mm-hmm. how much money you're making, mm-hmm. what, like, there's mm-hmm. just all these ways that are all secondary, yeah, right? Absolutely. And so what I think the reason I bring this up is because oftentimes I think where we need to start. If you're like at the very beginning of this whole concept, if this is so new to you, what I w- often encourage folks to begin to do is actually utilize curiosity. Yes. Because the thing that's so beautiful about curiosity is that it is a sense in which, let me back up just one more second. Sure. So going back to the window of tolerance, Mm -hmm. right? When we go outside of our window of tolerance, a part of our brain called the prefrontal cortex Mm -hmm. goes offline. Mm -hmm. And the prefrontal cortex is necessary to bring our whole brain and body, like for it to be integrated, for us to be whole, right? I think of shalom. Like there's so many references to wholeness, you know, in our faith journey. And so when we, when we're living outside of our our window of tolerance, as many of us are for lots of different reasons, we're not coming from our full self, our whole self. Mm. And so one of the things that's beautiful about curiosity is that it sort of engages instead of like this judgmental shaming posture of like, oh, there I am again on my phone. Ugh, I can't mm. believe I did it again. Instead of being like, oh, again, I did that thing. Oh, I didn't want to do that. And, and instead, I actually did it even more. Yeah. Um, we can be like, you know, I wonder yeah. what it feels like when I'm outside of my window. I wonder if I could just begin to notice. And then I might, you know, go to the grocery store in the middle of the holidays and notice that my heart is starting to race and notice that I'm like starting to sweat a little bit. Mm. And then noticing that I'm actually like, want to like kind of yell at the cashier. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, If I can bring curiosity and a non-judgmental stance Mm-hmm. What I could do is begin to recognize is that my body is actually giving me a ton of information. Amen. And that information is simply that, hey, this may be a little more intensity than I can handle at this particular moment. Mm. And so instead of being like, oh, you're so weak. Oh, my gosh. Everybody else can do it. You know, you're the only one who's not kind. Mm-hmm, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. but instead say, well, I wonder what I would need to actually stay in my window of tolerance. That's good. So how could I get creative with this? Could I, um, could I actually not go to the grocery store, um, at 5 PM when everybody's there? Yeah. <laughs> be wiser for me to go at, you know, after I put the kids down or later that night, just be, even though like, because it'll give me just a little more breathing room. Yeah. Like this is an example. And again, like not that all of this is about going shopping, but like in this really specific situation, I'm, I'm paying compassionate attention Mm -hmm. to my body. Mm -hmm. I'm saying, Mm -hmm. okay, body, this is what it is Mm -hmm. (laughs) right now. Like this is what, how you are, this is where you're at right now. And so how can I support you body Yeah, in functioning from a place that keeps you whole? That's good. That's so good. All the people, all the fitness teacher gospel <laughs> preachers just raised their hands and said, hallelujah. That's so good. I also want to mention in this book, you guys, go get the book. Everyone, if you're just intrigued at all, go get the book. It's a great read. You write it really well. You don't write it. You know, I one of, prior to... Um, reading your book one of the and still a great book but it was like like eating a steak <laughs> like a you know for days uh is the the body keeps the score by bessel van der Kolk. um and uh your book is just so palatable and she breaks it down you guys she actually also gives practices which wherever i see that word i'm, I'm in because i'm an enneagram eight and so we like to actually do stuff we like to challenge people to tr- you know you can't just sit around and talk about it I don't just want knowledge. I want knowledge applied, which is the definition of dis- of wisdom, biblically, knowledge <laughs> applied. Um, and so you give that in the book. And uh, that's why I would highly encourage people to get it. Um, but on chapter five, I'm going to read something from your book. Is that cool? Yeah, that's great. Let's see. Let's, actually, we're going to start at page 109. It's within the chapter on um, boundaries. So it was, sounds like that was a, you know, it's funny. I'm like, I don't I've ever, you know, I think everyone's different in how we respond to mm-hmm. our trauma, but I, I tend to be someone who's like, I don't care what you think, which is not good, right? That's not very kind. I should continue to like well, be a little bit more considerate of how others need me to show up. I think I was tended to be more rebellious mm-hmm. and like, I don't care. Yeah. And I just would want to just honor that, you know, that the, maybe there's been something about that, like like, I think we can hold that with nuance, right? Like, that mm. there's something about that that's maybe served you that yeah. you maybe needed. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I've always said there is no way. Without that, I wouldn't have started mm. Revelation Wellness because Revelation Wellness was so outside of the box that I knew people were, you know, in my inner critic would tell me, everyone's going to think you're a fool. Your own husband thinks you're crazy. <laughs> you know, so there was the part that served me well is to go, well, I don't care what everyone else thinks. I'm just doing it anyway. So mm-hmm. it did. Yeah. It definitely is a friend. Yeah. Well, you... I just think that one of the things. Go ahead. So, so sorry. I just was going to say one of the things that I just would want to honor about that and what's so beautiful about this work is that that we can get to a point where we can honor that mm. and we can really say, but maybe we can like fine tune that. Amen. You know what I mean? Yes, totally. And I love that. I love and I am growing in, this is my season of really growing in um, no more, like no judgment. Like I've had mm. to come to the realization like, wow, I am, I have a lot of judgment. I judge 
I'm, I mm. judgment is just something that I've done to survive. What's good, what's bad, mm-hmm. put things in categories. And so you can make your way through. Uh, I read a book called Stop the Pain. I don't know if you've heard of that. I don't know who wrote it, but he talks yeah. about It's a really great book. It's basic two premise takeaway is um, that judgment is what causes pain to continue in our life and assigning importance or value or uh, specialness to the judgment or significance Mm -hmm. to the judgment. And it's like, oh my gosh. So it was the first step of like, just to become more curious that we can, Mm. we can know the what, but we don't have to know the why. And that's where judgment enters in is when you want to know why you've got to figure out why, where we can know what, Mm. like what happened. Yes. What happened is my father was an addict and that, that happened. Mm. That was what was why I don't Mm. know. But as soon as I start to get into Mm. whys, it's, that's for me to try and sort safety into my life where, yeah, you know, I think, and, and that's what chapter mm. five, you're talking a lot about safety and boundaries and you jump right off of like Bessel van der Kolk saying like being safe in our bodies, that safety in our bodies is so necessary. Um, but you write here on page 109, we need the resources of an integrated brain and the embodied knowledge that we are beloved no matter what. As you recall, mm. we have access to all these truths when we are in our window of tolerance. We can connect to resources we already have, like safe relationships with others and God. And only then can we truly care for our bodies and honor who God made us to be. Uh, Now, you mentioned two things, an integrated brain and an embodied knowledge, which those two things just really caught my eye. Tell me, explain an integrated brain. What's your definition of an integrated Mm -hmm. brain? Yeah. So really it's building off of that idea of when we're in our window of tolerance, we have an integrated brain, meaning, Mm -hmm. you know, that prefrontal cortex Mm -hmm. is, has this unique, um, ability. It has obviously like we don't want just our prefrontal cortex, but it has this ability to connect essentially the parts of our brain that bring up information Mm -hmm. from the body. Mm-hmm. And the lower brain, yes, to the top of our brain, yes. which is where we can experience awareness. Yeah. And so, this is where there, the beauty of trisopter is. It's all about allowing with compassion the the reality, the truth of what our body's actually saying and what we're actually experiencing to come into the awareness mm. of that prefrontal cortex mm-hmm. and. And that's the place where, um, and for me, you know, this is where I think there's such beautiful integration with, with faith is that it really makes me think of this vertical relationship like we have with God, Mm -hmm. like we have a vertical relationship with ourselves Mm. and it's sort of like God models and stewards towards us, Mm. this really deep love and compassion. Mm. And there's a sense in which that's a, that's kind of what we're doing for ourselves. Like this top of our brain is the part that can sort of be like, you know, even though you messed up, um, your value is not based on what you do. Mm. Right. And so it can say to the part of yourself that's maybe wounded from childhood who feels like they're never good enough. Mm. It can sort of bring compassion and say, Oh dear one, it's never been about Mm. you being perfect Mm. and it's okay. It's okay to be sad. Like, I know there was a time that someone treated you like that. Mm. 
and that is that is okay and that's valid mm-hmm. and and I'm here with you now. Ugh. So it's sort of like we're parenting yeah. ourselves yeah. in the way that God oh. parents us. Ugh. You, you just remind me of a, a moment. My daughter, we've been through some seasons of just therapy and a family. Like we're all, I always say, wait, once we hit teenagers, like the pot, the, the lid comes off the pot, which is great. It's a celebration. Like, okay, we're mm-hmm. really getting to know who you are as a person and what you're struggling with and hear how I'm, you know, what I'm showing up still broken in places as a mom. So we've, we've been in this season of therapy. And there was this mm-hmm. moment my daughter had, I was visiting with her therapist, kind of just getting some information and just sharing. And he had said something to me. And he's just, he had a very kind demeanor, like a very mm-hmm. kind face and kind eyes. An older man, he could definitely be the the age of my father and he sat mm-hmm. in the chair and he was telling me some things and my heart just started to break and all of a sudden I just started to cry and I said I so regret I regret I wish I and as I began to like say those sentences he gently he crossed his arms he leaned forward into me with these piercing blue eyes and he just said oh no and with a smile a soft smile on his face he said there are no regrets and I kid you not, Andy, Andy, in that moment, mm-hmm. it was the Lord himself. Like, it was straight mm-hmm. to the heart of a father going, oh, no, no, no. You know, like, we can't. It was mm-hmm. a prefrontal medial cortex moment. Of, <laughs> oh, we're not going to let that take over residence up here because that's not mm-hmm. true. You mm-hmm. have no regrets. And I'm like, oh. So that what you're saying that is just beautiful. That's an integrated mm-hmm. brain that can feel, you're saying it can feel those pains or those discontents or whatever, but it has to pass by this higher knowledge of who God is and who mm-hmm. we are in relationship to him in, in ourselves. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Like there's really this, you know, and I think this is what's so fascinating to me as a therapist is that there's all these nuances to each of us individually mm. in the sense of like, when we listen to our body, like, like, here's an example for you. Um, when I have been working at, in my own life, like as I've worked through certain types of trauma, I can notice that my body like literally feels like it needs to shake out some energy. In yeah. My yes. And, and I'll, when I become aware of that in, in the top of my brain with compassion, it's sort of like what I'm doing is I'm like, And then I literally like, that's, you know, that's essentially what I do. Like I'll take a moment and Uh I'll shake out the energy Uh and it's like top of my brain is, is participating with my body. Like we're all working together to be like, what do you need? Like I'm attending to my body. I'm saying body, what is it you need so that you can work through this thing? Andy, have you done any of our revving the word podcasts? (laughs) I, I, you know what? I actually haven't, but it sounds like I want. Like I'm going to stalk you now and say, "Have you tried this?" Yet? That is exactly, you know, because there are some people I think that just are more uh, physical. They feel things in their body more. They feel it. They they tense the tent. They feel the tension, or whatever. So a lot of people that I think for me, that's why fitness became such an outlet in a unhealthy way for so long. I mean, it got me through, but it became an idol. Mm-hmm. It became something kind of counterproductive and obsessively heading in the wrong direction but I had this stored up energy that when I moved my body it just felt better but then once I brought in the word of God which is what our revving the word podcasts are we tell people go for a walk go for a run go for a hike you're going to hear some music to kind of soften 
the uh, emotional side of the brain a little bit and quiet that down. And then we really integrate. And now let's, what does the word of God say? How does this apply? How is we, we're kind of shaking it out. So that's, that's an integrated mm. brain thing. And what you're saying is so how, when, when you have someone show up in counseling in a, in a session in your office, would you just say like, how can you pick up on someone that would need that? Or mm. how would they pick up on that for themselves? Yeah. Well, so one of the things that I r- am always doing with my therapist, or I'm sorry, not with my therapist, well, also with my therapist, <laughs> but with my clients is I teach them from the very beginning about the window of tolerance. Mm-hmm. Um, we begin to g- learn and get curious about what it feels like in their body to be in different emotional mm, states. That's good. And we really do a lot of, at, in the beginning of counseling, it's important to really focus on something called resourcing. And resourcing is all about, it really comes from when we're in our window of tolerance and connecting to experiences that are not just in our window of tolerance, but really strengthen us. Mm -hmm. You know, so oftentimes, like for me, like worship music is a way that I personally resource. And Mm -hmm. I do that movement because the bilateral stimulation um, is a way that when we when we stimulate both hemispheres of our brain, essentially it enhances our processing. Mm. And so when we do that with things that are um, sort of supportive to us, mm-hmm. it strengthens our ability to connect to those like when we really need them. So early on in therapy, it's all about helping people really get the lay of the land um, in their own window of tolerance and what are their resources because we need that when we dig into trauma Mm. because at, when we go into trauma, what we're trying to do is keep our, um, we're, we're basically pushing our window of tolerance little by little Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so we can reintegrate the trauma into the window. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens when we heal. That's integration essentially is the goal of healing. Like that's, if, good. that's always what we're looking for. And, and that will look a little different for, for various people. But what that means is, is that it becomes like a part of our story that we can like really be with it. Like that's we good. can, it's no longer like a disconnect. Mm-hmm. Now we can think about it and we can, um, and typically the telltale sign is that it, it becomes, it's no longer disturbing. It becomes sort of neutral. Not that we're happy that it happened, yeah. but that we consider it and think about it and learn from it in a way that doesn't cause our body to go into fight or flight or into dissociation. That's so good. When someone comes, you know, have, we don't usually know that we need healing until later in life when we're ready to look at our own self and how we show up in the world, which is so brave. That's why, I mean, Mm. anyone that's willing to go, I'm going to start with me. (laughs) What's going on with me before I'm trying to change everyone else? What needs to happen in me? Um, Would you say like, I mean, I know there's no timeline for people, but Mm. what, what could someone who's trying softer today what, what would you say ex- expect for them? Like if they, you know, have some type of practice, see a therapist, I mean, what, mm-hmm. what are they looking at? Let's say they want to know what's how long and what's yeah. in it for me. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say, um, that 
one of the things I always say is that the more complicated the wound, Mm -hmm. the more complex the healing. Mm -hmm. So someone who has, like for me, I, as a survivor of complex PTSD, um, I won't ever graduate. And Mm. so what I mean by that is not that my life doesn't look significantly better. Like it does. I have, there was no way 10 years ago that I would have imagined living in the ability of like feeling so at home in myself Mm. with the ability to do some of the things and be with myself through hard things in the way that I really believe has been so connected to this work of trying softer. And that's included therapy and that's included, you know, my own, um, type, it's something called EMDR, like, which is a specific type of trauma therapy. My, I have a really, um, safe marriage that has been a huge resource to me. So that part of my experience is, is that, um, I am living in a space in which my life is, is really good and I'm really happy. Hmm. And because of my story, um, it's something I will always keep my finger on that pulse. It's so good. And, and the reason is, is because that shaped the lower parts of my brain. Yeah. I am continually reparenting myself. Yes. Yes. And I, and I say that not from a place of, it just is what it is. It's actually an honor. Mm. I am so honored to walk with the younger parts of myself because I am so proud of her. Mm. Like the things that she lived through were so hard. Mm. And I am so grateful that she had the courage and the tenacity Mm. and the fortitude and the creativity Mm. to make it through really hard things. (sighs) So I would just first... (laughs) um, yeah, just start there. Like if you have really com- a complex story, mm-hmm. I hope it actually encourages you to hear that it's okay. Yeah. Like, not to And I yeah. hope it encourages but, you to hear as you were saying is like it's an honor for you to this is the like the purple heart that you wear for the rest of your life. Like this mm-hmm. is your story and it will always be evolving as you're always in a process of healing. So I, I went for the jugular because a lot of people, especially within mm-hmm. the fitness realm, want to know, well, how, how much is it going to cost me? How long is this going to take? <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, let's just, yeah. let's just call that out because there it is. But the way yeah. you framed it and showed it, that it really isn't, this is an honor. And anything less than to honor yourself and your story and just go on this forever journey of being reparented for a lot of a lot of people, mm-hmm. uh, myself included, because attachment was definitely something mm-hmm. I lacked as a child. So it is forever I'm growing in towards with this healthy attachment to God the Father, how He mothers me, how He has shown mm-hmm. up completely in my life, and still. I mean, I'm almost 50 years old, <laughs> and I feel like a child in understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, the security of his love for me. So it's an honor. Yeah. And I thank you for just, you know, just recognizing that. And I think, you know, it's like I I hold that, you know, loosely because I also, the reality is, is that therapy works. Um, Self-compassion works. Experiencing safety in relationship with people and ourselves and with God, it works. Like I have the deep honor mm. of watching people heal. Mm. Like Amen. tell you what, like mm. that, I see miracles. Mm-hmm. And I say that in a very, like, I believe 
that God can use a lot of different tools to heal. And it just so happens that um, I believe that this is one of the ways, you know, that, um, and so I just would want to encourage people to know that like, oh, will I ever see something? Absolutely. Amen. I mean, and I, I just would encourage you to know, um, and to, and to, to take up a posture of celebration mm-hmm. when you see something change. That's good. When you notice yourself being kind, even when you failed or messed up or missed the mark, so when you notice that you actually did check in with your body, yeah. rather than it. when you notice that you held the line and said, no, thank you, mm. even though you knew it would be uncomfortable or someone might even get frustrated or angry with you, mm. you know, all of these things are wins. Mm. And this is what it means to rewire our brain. This is what it means to rewire our body. And neuroplasticity is a thing. Amen. <laughs> like we yeah. can grow and change. And so we hold that tension that for me, I will be doing this work my whole life. Mm. Partly because this to me is the abundant life. Mm. I believe this is exactly what Jesus was calling us to. Mm. That there is a fullness mm. that isn't about money. That it isn't about the way I look. Mm-hmm. That it isn't about, right. like, it's a richness of connection. Yes. It's a richness of kindness. It's a richness of knowing how deeply loved I am. Mm. Um, wow, I, I can't get enough of that. You That's know what so I mean? good. So, right. Like, You're like, why would I want to stop that? This is, like, this is the best. Yeah. That's, and it is. It's, we're constantly seeking the heart of God which there's mm-hmm. always more. There's always more mm. for us to know and for a fa- side of his face to see and a, re- a love that we can receive that we couldn't receive yesterday. And it is so true. That's so good. I once taught, well, I, someone had once told me that the, the definition of therapy is just the work of life. Like therapy mm. is the work of life. So if you have a life, plan on doing <laughs> therapy because <laughs> it's just part of being in life is just do your work yeah. and it's it's a privilege it's an honor and that's how we do uh neurogenesis neuroplasticity and we change that's where we can become a new creation that isn't mm. despising the old that isn't mm. shaming the old but goes man thank you for mm. how you served me to get me to where i am today it's so good mm. andy i could talk to you forever about I have so I'm honestly gonna have you back on the show I'm gonna let you do your do your tour do your your uh interviews and all the things but I've got so many other things that um I just know everyone's gonna want more and answer more questions so I hope you're I hope you're ready for your practice to kind of explode um you're gonna need to come up with an online training I'll tell you all about it I'll give you all the ins and outs and how to I already, I've already got this figured out for you, Andy. I already can scale this for you. We can <laughs> reach <Definitely>. thousands. <laughs> I'm telling you, because there is, uh, it's you're only one person, and that's kind of what happened for me. It was what I'm only one gal that can personal train mm. or teach so many people in one place. Okay, mm. well, how do we? How, how does this go? Well, that was the Lord pulling on my heart to say, <laughs> I want you to disciple others to disciple. So, anyways. Mm. Um, Andi, would you pray for mm. our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Lord, thank you so much just for the, the chance to be with someone who is just a kindred heart, um, who's walking this walk um, towards wholeness, Lord, as we all are. And I just pray that you would... Give the folks who are listening the eyes to see, 
that you are right there, that you are already with us, that we do not have to hustle for it, that we do not need to earn it, that you are just right there and you are so kind. And Father, I just pray that you would help us steward that kindness towards ourselves in the same way that you are already so good and so loving and so kind to us. In your name. Amen. Andy, before you go, give me one sentence of what it means to try softer. Mm, Yeah. Um, I would say that it is learning to pay compassionate attention to our experience in the same way that God is already kind to us. That's good. There it is. Thank you so, so much. I really...